Hi and welcome to Real Clear Fetish Talks Real Clear Play. It is a series of interviews or discussions between me and a guest. Uh, this week it's a little bit of a different time. It's at 11 in the morning here in London, but that's because we're going down under and we're having a guest from Australia on. So I had to get out of bed for this. So hopefully I don't look too groggy at this time in the morning. I don't normally get up at this early on a Saturday morning. So I hope this, this boy appreciates it. Should we add him in? I think so. One moment. I'll add him in. I need to get the cloth off first. Where is he? There he is. Let me just find the collar and wrap it around his. Oh, hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. It's I'm talking to Excellent. the future right now, which is interesting. <laughs> How are you? Yes. I'm, I'm great. Yeah, I've just finished dinner, so it's eight PM here in Brisbane. Yeah, it's it's it's. it's... Yes, I very much appreciate the fact that you've gotten out of bed for me this morning. Oh yeah, well I, I'll be. You're the first man to ever get out of a bed for me. Well, I, I well my bed is right there, so it's, it's very easy for me. <laughs> it's a hot um, stick for the job. I literally just rolled out and just fell in front of the camera. I woke up pretty well for me. Um. As you, as you know, we start with standardized four questions to start with, just to get the conversation going and just flush right. a little bit out. So the first one I'm going to go with is, what do you prefer I call you, uh, pr names, pronouns, and title? Uh, just call me B, everybody does. Uh, and pronouns are he, him. Cool, cool. And... <laughs> B, you say, just B. Yeah, okay. just B. Just B. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm 38, uh, originally from Sydney, but I live in Brisbane now. Uh, and a recent embarkation on a recovery journey. Um, and yeah, so uh, as you would have seen from Facebook, um, it's been quite a public journey for the last uh, 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, so that that's that's kind of me at the moment. I. Yeah. So as you just mentioned that you are in recovery journeys, so my next question is probably already answered itself a little bit. <laughs> Completely sober, clear-headed, or sober uh, uh, social drinker. Completely sober. Completely. Uh, it's the only way that I can do it because drinking is. Yeah, it's a, it's a gateway drug. <laughs> I I feel you there. I one of the reasons as as a proud Danish person, I, drinking is very much a part of our culture, and one of the things I had to actually grieve a little bit about was giving up alcohol. Because... There was definitely a part of that. There's even a part of me that sometimes thinks, "Oh, I could just have a drink," and then I'm like, "No, no, no." Um, but I have discovered some really wonderful non-alcoholic drinks. Like well, in the beer and wine range, and they are fantastic. I think I think the biggest problem with non-alcoholic drinks is the price. It's just it should be cheaper than non-alcoholic, <laughs> non but it's the same price and even more expensive, which is ridiculous. 
So uh, <laughs> last question, which is going to lead us into our conversation. And we'll just see where we go. It's not scripted. It's not a certain theme. It's just what you want to bring to the table uh, or the sure. webcam. Um, what is clear play to you and why is it important? Uh, for me, it's about two people being able to be on the same playing field. Mm. Um, and being able to make those choices in an informed setting. Um, I think I, refl I echo some of the other sentiments when it does actually come around to things like consent and things like that, and being able to engage with the negotiation of a scene and know that the decisions that you're making throughout are based on what you're feeling at the, at the time. Yeah. Drugs tend to really cloud that or you end up pushing yourself way too far because, yes, certainly I can take that really big whatever it is that somebody <laughs> wants to put in. Take what big thing? Let, let's, let's, what? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that was a speaker, by the way. You have no idea what I'm just sitting on that at the moment, so. Well, you're smiling, so I can have it. I can have it again. <laughs> Everything outside camera, you can't see anyway, so it's fine. We don't want to get thrown off. No, God, no, 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 no. I've, I've been very clear that it's like, let's keep it. <laughs> we talk about graphic stuff, but we have to, like, visually keep it clean. So, but it's, 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 you, you say you've been very, like, public about your recovery, especially online on Facebook and so on, and I've followed you a little bit. You came into my group a year ago now would be yeah it would have yes yeah and and you've had your ups and downs in that year and and i've i've done my what i can do here being so far away it's hard to physically do something but lend an ear to whatever goes on with you you and your group have been an amazing support and an inspiration on my my journey i i came into your group just before i made the decision to put everything down yeah so by that stage, I already knew that, you know, it was a problem that I needed to address, but I hadn't actually got to that point of going, this is who I am. This is what I am. And I need to admit, you know, I'm an addict. Um, and that for me was akin to the first time I ever admitted to myself that I was a masochist. And it's been really interesting drawing the parallels from the BDSM lifestyle and recovery, uh, particularly around the principles of recovery and the principles of BDSM, there are so many matches, mm. like the open-mindedness, honesty, willingness, um, surrender, like all of those things you can pull from. from I've heard both. that before. I, I tend to tell that to my boys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 some of the principles are, are the same. And that's why you, you do find a lot of people who are fetish men who are in recovery, it's a very strong recovery for a lot of people when they integrate that into their fetish life as well. You saw with Matthew last week, and, and he was so passionate. That, that was so it. much fun to watch. <laughs> I got so much from last week's, but it was, it was incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did. It's, uh, I was just feeling like a sweaty mess last week. <laughs> We've had rain and thunder now. It's much more cool today, so I feel yeah. It's, less it's, it's, wet. it's raining here as well at the moment, so 
but but you mentioned masochism and serenity and and one of one of the things you are now launching um is serenity and masochism it was quite funny because i mentioned it's... to a friend of mine he kind of went that's a really interesting concept i kind of like that idea and he kind of got it um so can can you tell a bit more about that what what is the goal with this um to be honest, I'm still really fleshing that out. Like, for me, it was a reappropriation of my already existing blog, which I've just kind of clean slated and gone, okay, I'm going to... A lot of the posts were leather-oriented, but now I, I, I want to really incorporate my recovery journey into that as well um, and draw on those parallels and... and, and and, and try and explore those themes in a lot more detail, but also looking at running some sober events here in, in Brisbane, um, you know, the Rona willing. Um, well, everything <laughs> permitted and social distanced. And, yeah, we're, we're, yes. we're, we're the same here. We're slowly kind of opening up. I think we just got news today that we might actually be able to rehearse with my chorus, which is... Oh, wow, amazing. that would be amazing. Um, and we have, like, law firms who have, like, rooftop terraces where we can rehearse, so it's outside. So Well, we're up to, like, 50 people in a, ven in a licensed venue now, so things are slowly getting back to some semblance of normal, but... Um, yeah, but one of the things that I am really looking at is is filling that niche because there are there's quite a lot of sober people, particularly on the gay scene, who or who are at least trying to to live a cleaner lifestyle. And the scene tends to be very party oriented, very alcohol oriented. Yeah. Uh, so finding that way in where there is an alternative. I think is important. It's, it's, it's as, as you say, you mentioned being quite public about it. It is, and, and that's one of my experiences as well, because I'm fairly public as well. I, I don't really shy away with an opinion. Uh, <laughs> and, and I find because I'm, I am quite, not loud, but I'm, 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 I'm a presence, I get people approaching me who are struggling, who needs a little bit of support or just, just that, like, like a couple of lines where they identify with something I've said or read or have written online, and they just like, oh God, that's me as well. I thought it was the only yeah. one, and that's so important. I've had more than one person enter recovery because of, yeah, just just being open about it and and starting those conversations and being able to have people openly and honestly ask questions and know that I'm actually going to be able to give them an open and honest answer. Mm. Um, being transparent about it was more about myself giving myself that accountability. Um, yeah, I know that. that. <laughs> we, we we all have that what they call the gift of desperation, <laughs> um, and that was kind of what threw me into making it as public as I did was that, that that willingness to go to any lengths to keep myself accountable and, and stay the path. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easier to be the boy who cried wolf if you keep it to a, a slightly smaller group of people. But that smaller group of people will get annoyed with it very quickly. <laughs> very quickly, especially when you're in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's where you lose people. And that's, 
that's where you really test friendships. It's the people that stick around for all the drama. That's the people you need to keep <laughs> close. That is really the people you need to keep close. Yes. Um, I have very much learned who my friends are um, through this process. And I did a lot of the am I, aren't I, you know, that, that in and out cycle before I had actually gone public and gone, you know, screw it, this is who I am, this is what I am, what do I do about it? Um, yeah, I'd done that trying to stop and and falling off the wagon quite a bit. Um, but when it comes to, to fetish in particular, I was really lucky. My, my, my sexual revolution, I guess, for myself started before picking up. So I, I, I didn't lose that link altogether. Um, it has changed somewhat. Yeah, it changes, yeah. 15 years of, of, of hardcore drug use will do that, I guess. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 but did, did you find, like, when you gave it up, did you find, I know from personal experience, it took me a while to split it because drugs kind of becomes a fetish in itself. And and for someone who is, can I say, reasonable early recovery, it, it's mm -hmm. still a learning process, I, I would guess, at this stage. I, yeah, I'm still learning the ways in which my drug use has changed my attitudes towards sex. Yeah. Things become a lot more transactional, I guess. Um, you know, you have your list of needs and wants and then you go and you jump on an app and you try and find somebody who meets that. Um, for, for me, it's been a process of letting go of expectation uh, and just being present in, in the moment, not going out and going, okay, I want... It, it, you have to drop that I want. Oh, yeah. um, it's it, the I is not important in this scenario. It's 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 no. we can accomplish together as like two consenting adults, really. Adults, yeah, uh, and and also throwing away the script. Screw. <laughs> Trust me, and this is more my personal feeling is is especially when I talk to uh, boys online and and a lot of like. Of course, a lot of horniness comes into it and you get all these ideas. You want to try this, you want to do this. Da, 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 da. And to be honest, as a, 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 a sadist top, I find that slightly, I get anxious about that. I, because all of a sudden it's like, I have to perform. And I don't know how the chemistry is going to be when they arrive. Is it going to work? And, da, da, da. and all of a sudden I just, my anxiety throws me off. Kicks in. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. Um, it does the same thing as a, as, a, as a sub, especially someone who, like myself, is into pain play. Um, I'm ver I'm very lucky that I I'm very cautious about who I play with. Um, I was never really one of those people who mixed kink with drugs. Um, especially you told me that nine with, years ago, thank you. Especially anyway. <laughs> Especially anything that involved being restrained, um, anything that involved pain, uh, because, again, I, I have a bit of a trauma background as well. So trust issues came into 
that a fair bit. I'm a sexual assault survivor. Um, so all of that kind of comes up. Um, and it was, it's been that that got me into drugs in the first place that, you know, the, the, the trust in people just being completely shattered. And I'm like, oh, no, fuck it. What, is, what have I got to lose now? Um, uh, but it's also been that that's kind of kept me strong as well. That resilience. I, I, I think uh, we develop, at least with trauma, we develop coping mechanisms or defenses or yeah. whether they're healthy or not is another matter. Yeah, I was about to get on to that. It's not necessarily <laughs> it can be both ways. Um, exactly. But yeah, it's, that is a, a like, I'm, I just you telling me that it just gets me a little bit emotional and and it's 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 like that's that's horrible and 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 I I, I get like if you're a, um, a survivor of that and you're into say this um it's such a like a balance where 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 does it get from like pain play to all of a sudden abuse you have to also your mind has to be with it as well yeah there there have been a couple of moments which have been triggering i was doing a blade play scene um with my partner and everything was fine up until the point where the knife ended up around my neck. Yeah. And because that has actually occurred to me in a, in a sexual violence scenario, that threw me out of, completely out of subspace and we had to shut the scene down and, yeah. and, and move into aftercare. And, um, but I'm very, I, I appreciate that I have a Dom who, Kit has that care and that experience to be able to recognize the signs. Yeah. Well, that, um, that is that is a good dom realizing, okay, <laughs> we've stepped on something that probably needs a bit of tender love and care. And then when you're ready. Up until then, it was really freaking hot. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, like, I definitely have those type of play scenarios in my head as well. But I, I get it. If you get to a point where you've experienced something and it just triggers something and you don't, you, you, yeah. sometimes you know where it comes from and sometimes- and Sometimes you don't. I, I've been triggered by scent, like scent before. Like I've smelled something. There is a particular cologne that yeah. just completely makes me go completely um, anxious. Like I can't smell it. Um, but um, yeah, for the most part, I am aware of this is a very sensitive subject and don't share anything you're not comfortable with. Um, oh, no. And it, it's, it's a tricky thing to talk about. So I, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't quite comfortable. To talk I wasn't about. quite expecting it to get this heavy this early in the piece. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's, it's a very loose format and, and we can kind of go where we want to go. If you want to shy a little bit away from it, you're more than welcome to maybe change the theme a little bit. That's okay. Um, I, well, we should probably lighten it up at some point. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It is like, um, of course, we can we can change the theme a little bit. It's it's it is our hour. We just kind of have to see where it goes. Um, yeah. But it's 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 the first time it's been brought up on this series, stuff like that, especially about sexual abuse, and and 
it is like, especially on the druggy scene, because you're consent. <laughs> That's the word of the day, consent. Consent. Because um, <laughs> consent is sexy. Um, and I've definitely put myself in situations where I've been so high, I wasn't there. So I wasn't able to say yes or no to anything. So, and, and that, that is very dangerous when you play with drugs and, and you kind of have to realize that. Definitely. Um, I think though they reached a point, particularly for me personally, and I, I, I can't speak to everybody's experience, but, um, for me, that escapism became a requirement yeah. that um, I I was so self-loathing that it was the only thing that gave me the confidence to be able to engage. Yeah. Um, and it's really weird because I I did lead a very much a double life. Like I had I had my my my, my normal group of friends who I would go out bars with and all of that kind of stuff. And then I had my, my using circle where yeah, um, and never the twain shall meet. Um, <laughs> um, but it was in my using circle that I, 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 I guess I needed to take myself like out of myself and I felt so badly about myself in, in in those years because something happens to you when you're treated like trash. You start to believe it. Yeah. Um, and because it had happened on multiple occasions, it became. Uh, it's it's it's. So I'm I'm at the moment. Well. Um, a couple of episodes back, someone mentioned a book called uh, Lost Men and Meth. I'm, I'm reading that book at the moment. You're reading that at the moment. I, I saw you post that one. It is absolutely amazing. And and one of the things is when, when you get into this spiral of abuse and so on, it becomes about, I'm going to quote the book right now. Uh, it becomes <laughs> about, your it becomes a part of your sexual script. And all of a sudden it's, it's an integrated part of it. You don't necessarily like it, but it also becomes part of something that needs to help you to get off. And, and it's not necessarily healthy and you kind of have to break out of that as well. And it just becomes something you believe and all of a sudden it's a part of you. Um, but I'm, I'm so glad you came out of that. And, and, and also I, I commend your boyfriend or is he, is it boyfriend or master? What do you refer to him as? Uh, a boyfriend and sir. Boyfriend and sir. I, I commend yes. him um, because he knew how to read you and and also take you out of a play setting where it was like, okay, this is not good for him. Let's just move it on. Um, so I will also move this conversation on a little bit because I, I, I can see so, you're a little bit uncomfortable with it. Um, <laughs> I, I want you to be comfortable with what we're talking about. Um, how did you meet your boyfriend? Um, so we connected online uh through facebook not an app wow. um he was a friend uh, he was the then partner of a mutual friend um we actually met for the first time in person at mardi gras last year uh, i was living in melbourne at the time he was living in in, in brisbane uh and we became really good friends uh, and we talk all the time. And, and when I 
I needed to do a geographical change and, and, and move out of Melbourne, I I touched base with him and I'm like, would you mind if I came and stayed with you for a few weeks while I get myself sorted? Um, so, like the lesbians, we were... <laughs> I, I moved in with everything I owned and just never left. Um, <laughs> and how uh, do you feel about that? <laughs> I, look, it, it, I was actually in the process of looking for a place. Yeah. Um, I'd actually almost found one. Um, and then we had the discussion and it was like, well, actually, we don't, he didn't want me to leave. So I didn't. And yeah, it's been what, nine months now? And you haven't killed each other yet. So that's, that's, that's it. Not yet. There's been a couple of attempts. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, look, this early in recovery, um, there is carnage. Um, yeah. As I, 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 I've been diagnosed with complex PTSD. Um, I, I am on low dose antidepressants at the moment. Uh, so, pulling apart all of the damage that has been done and 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 rediscovering that connection um, with a clear head has been quite a journey um sex is amazing um, that's good that's good sex is healthy. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's really funny like there's nothing that can be done in 24 hours on drugs that can't be done in three hours with a clear head <laughs> yep i i fully agree with you because it's, it's all of a sudden it becomes more about quality than quantity where yeah, on drugs, four hours much more about twenty four hours of mediocre sex and staring at my phone, or <laughs> the phone got more action than me. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, you touch the we've phone. We've gotten stuck in the app loop. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's it as as you mentioned, like early recovery, it's a bit of carnage when, especially when you go into a relationship. You know how you probably have heard this before don't date an early recovery um and 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 so um, on. Yes, but because i, I don't like doing things the easy way like, i'm very much like if it happens it happens and then you work with that um yeah. i would never say if you met the right one and they were there you just like you shouldn't say no but of course there is, has to be boundaries and rules and, and and also a very transparency about where you're at as a partner. I guess for me, I'm very lucky in that there was no coming out for me um, f about my situation. Like, he has known every step of the way. He's been there before we started dating to support me. So, you know, um, I, he knew what he was signing up for. <laughs> um, but around that, not only have I you know, broken the, 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 the rule of not dating in the first 12 months, I've entered a polyamory it's situation. Not a, it's not a rule, it's a suggestion. Okay, it's, it's a suggestion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're more like guidelines than actual rules. Oh, you sound like Pirates of the Caribbean. That was exactly where I was going, well done. It's very important, like, it's like realising a lot of it is guidelines. It's, it's just... Um, for anyone watching, this is a little bit more terminology when you go to a 12-step program. It's very much like the first six months to a year. You kind of go like, don't date, 
some people actually also don't have sex. Um, I, I personally... Because let's face it, you're an actual train wreck. Well, that's the thing. And it's, 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 I, I have been to a meeting where someone explained it very well, kind of why you shouldn't date. You kind of come into the rooms. This is the imagery. We love a little bit of symbolism here. You come into the room, <laughs> all your plates are broken. And you want to make a stack of plates with your partner. But their plates are also broken. That's why you don't date in recovery with another recovery person. And if, <laughs> if, you, if you start dating whilst your plates are broken, it's not going to work. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule. And I'm really happy it, it does work for you. And, and there is... But it's also like, if you go into a, a, a relationship, you need to stay clean for you and not for the partner. That is... Not the for the partner. I've done that before where I've... I've... I've dropped the drugs for the relationship yeah. and that works up until the day the relationship ends. Yeah. And the second it's over or even like during that, you know, there's drama and there's an excuse to go out there again. Um, yeah. I, I've picked up the day after that relationship's been done and dusted. Yeah. And that's why it's so important when you, when you go into a relationship, you are, so transparent about everything and, and, and that's also one of the things is if i talk to someone and i want to play with them i'm very transparent about actually we can't plan too much because it makes me anxious and i would rather mm -hmm. just meet up and see how it goes and if it doesn't work it doesn't work no one loses anything no one gains anything and we can just leave it at that um and and my mental health is much more important than some random cock somewhere <laughs> Well, it, is, it is. It is. My mental health is so much more important now um, mm. because I know, as as you know, it can. It comes in swings and roundabouts. It's it's oh, exactly. I, I've I've had to close scenes down because the headspace has just changed. It it doesn't require an explanation. Um, something can happen. You might not be able to pinpoint exactly what it is, but if if during that play suddenly you're no longer comfortable, there's no point in pushing through because it's just going to. It's just, well, it's not going to be fun for anyone. Well, um, when, when I was still using and when I was still drinking, I would be in a, in a club setting or a pub setting and I would be so uncomfortable. But to fix that problem, I would just drink more or take more drugs. Drink more or take more drugs? Through to get away from those emotions. Now I'm just like, well, fuck this. I'm, I was about to say, I'm too old for this shit. So I'll just go home if my head is not there. And it's great because it's so much cheaper. <laughs> Actually, no, non-alcoholic drinks are not cheaper, but going home is definitely cheaper, yes. Going home is definitely cheaper, and having that confidence to go, you know what, I've had a really good night, I've had enough now, I'm going home, that's actually really empowering, rather than pushing on through till stumps, because, you know, that's what you think that you have to do. Yeah. There's no, there, there's nothing that says that you actually have to be out until dawn to consider it a good time. No, it's, it's, it's funny when I look back at my 20s, I would like the anticipation of going out would build during the week. And it was just like, oh, I'm going to go out and have a good time. And, do, do, do. and you get out there. And if you're not having a good time, you're just trying to push through to make yourself have a good time. Now I'm like... But if you're living now, your life for Friday night, you're missing the rest of that week. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. And it's, you, you, it, it sounds so cheesy, but you kind of forget to look at the sky and things around you because you're much more focused on that Saturday where you're going to go out and club with your friends. Um, mm -hmm. Where I've had situations where I've been engaged with having to go to an event. I had bought my ticket and so on. And I get to the day 
and my head is not there. I'm not feeling mentally great that day. I'd rather yeah. sell the ticket onto someone who will have a great time than me going and having a mediocre time. Definitely. So in Brisbane, what is the scene mm -hmm. like there? Um, and I, uh, we can also revert a little bit back to you moving from Melbourne to Brisbane as well. But how is Brisbane as a scene there? Um, the Brisbane scene is so friendly. It's amazing. So uh, there's no permanent leather bar. Uh, so they have uh, Bootco, which is the local leather organization, run a monthly pub night. Um, everybody gets geared up. It's very fun and very sexy. Uh, there's also um, Queensland Pups and Handlers. Uh, so they, they run monthly events. Uh, it's all, like, the landscape's all changed at the moment because of, of, of COVID, obviously. But uh, so at the moment, there's, although we can go out, there's no, like, you have to be seated if you're. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's no dancing. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, those leather nights have turned into sit-down dinners, which is really, really lovely. So you get, like, Most fully up. Most leather men love a dinner and a candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, actually, last year, a dear friend of mine ran a fundraiser, um, and it was held in this beautiful high-tea venue. Um, so you've got, like, this beautiful Victorian furniture and all of these people dressed like in high cow it was, it was fabulous absolutely fabulous oh do you know what there's like in manchester's there's richard's uh richmond's tea rooms which is also very like little finger up and tea and yes definitely yes. and so on and i would love to host one of my sober events there that would just like i i, I do you know i love mixing lever with camp and with something that's not expected of lever but to be honest most gay men would love it anyway oh yeah come on it's <laughs> it's, it's how many times have we not stand stood in a lever bar and the two most butch guys in the in the in the room stand at the bar talking about the latest recipe they just tried out through i was just about to say swapping scone recipes yeah <laughs> maggie beer recipe books <laughs> see i know a little bit of australia um <laughs> Um, no, I just watched the catering program. That's what I did. Oh my God. If you, if you do, um, have a chance, check out the catering show. Sorry, the catering show. I said the name wrong. You've watched that. Oh, okay. yes. Why do you think I know Maggie here? I, I wouldn't know <laughs> unless I watched the program. Um, so you moved from Melbourne to Brisbane and I know a lot of people yes. when, when they get into trouble, they do move location. Um, sometimes it yes, and they, bring all their, and they bring all of their crap with them. That's the thing, <laughs> it comes with you in the suitcase. So if you look at Melbourne, um, I'm not, I'm not going to judge any city being worse than mm. one another, but how do you feel like Melbourne compared to Brisbane, especially when it comes to like the drug scene? Is it worse, better? Is it kind of the same? I don't know because I, um, I am not in the drug scene in Brisbane at all. I, I had a, I had a slip in January, and just to show how easy it is, six messages on Scruff. That's all it took. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the apps are a minefield, uh, but you really start to learn 
what to look out for. Like the block button for me has never had more of a workout. I, uh, I talking about that. I have actually contacted Grinder and Scruff and said you need to make the block button non-payable because they block you at a certain amount of blocks, and all of a sudden you have free profiles you kind of want to get rid of, but you can't because you're not paying. It's really funny, like how subtle some of the the ways in which people try to indicate that they're into PNP. Um, I didn't realize that wide could be spelled so many different ways. Um, but it's getting really insidious now. Like I, I've, I've noticed this trend now for posting cloudy sky pictures. Cloudy sky pictures. Yeah, so it's just like sky photos with clouds. And that's, you know, right. one of the indicators of... Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I, that one here. I, I talked I, I talk to a guy on Grinder a couple of months back, and he was trying to make a trend of if you put the emoji apple at the end of your profile name, that means you're not into drugs. Yes. Um, so there is actually a really great website called redappleemoji.com, which goes into um detail about that and yeah, yeah it's, it's about same guy, i think yeah i talked to him and yeah it's it's a great way of doing that it just hasn't quite picked up i've i've seen a couple of um, so i use that but i also in my actual profile will i put clean and serene and in brackets no drugs um followed by literacy is hot because you would have no idea the amount like even spelling it out like that the number of people who just send me like straight off the bat like you know pmp question mark i'm like do you not even look at the pro <laughs> oh, no are you surprised it's it's, it's, oh, God, yeah, no. it's 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 because you're in that headspace you're much more focused on the visual than the text and and, yeah. and I, in, in most cases, I just kind of either block or just go, no, that's not me. Try reading my profile. Um, and, and, and sometimes I hope when, especially on my scruff, because I refer to my articles and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I have had people like they refer to my profile and start reading it and they read my articles and they do come back with some, some comments on that, even if they're in it, um, which is important. You can talk to someone who's still in it, but may, yeah. may trigger something down the line with me being open about it. Yeah, look, if people ask me questions about it, I'll, I will be open. Um, I've had conversations with people where you you find yourself interested in someone and then halfway through the conversation, they'll bring it up. Yeah. And then there's that, especially if the if the conversation has flowed really well and your interest is peaked and then they, they throw that in there and you're like... Um, because then, then in most cases... I will scale it back and say, let's just rethink this conversation. Okay, you've just brought this into the conversation. We're not going to have sex now. That is very clear. But let's explore this. And I'll give you the information, I, my experience, and we can talk about this. Because it's clear to me that you've engaged in this conversation to talk about it. Not necessarily to yep. have sex with me. Because that's off the table, um, off the bat. Well, it's really interesting because there there have been those instances where th it has been brought up and then I've come back and gone, well, no, sorry, this is this is not my lifestyle anymore. And then that conversation actually kicks off. And there's, maybe there are people who are trying to uh, find an out. Yeah. Um, and maybe engaging with people who are 
also sober might show them another option. And I, I guess that's what that whole visibility thing is, is that a lot of people get dragged into it because they think there's no other way. Like, um, once they're caught in that cycle, they don't know how to dig themselves out. Um, so they need people to be able to go, it's possible. And I guess that's why, you know, 12 step programs and things like that are so important. Absolutely. It's, 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 a, it's, very, it's, it's so important to kind of find what works for you and which journey you're on. And, and, and I'm, I'm so happy you found my group and, and that has helped you because I knew you could, I've told you from the start, I knew you could, um, anyone can if, 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 and, Yes, there's going to be trips and, and lapses and relapses and so on. Of course, I'm not giving you a free pass by saying that. Uh, but it's, 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 it's so important. It's, it's so much more about how do you pick yourself up afterwards? It's yes. what do you learn from that situation? If you don't learn a lot that, that time around, fine. That's not necessarily an issue. It's just about how do you tackle it? It's, it's your reaction that's the important bit. What is your reaction afterwards? Are you going to just follow down the rabbit hole or are you going to pick yourself up, um, try to reassemble your, um, what do you call it? Uh, what was the word? English, not my first language, so I sometimes lose words. Um, your pride. You have to pick up pride, your pride again. You, you, you lose a little bit of your, like, you have to be really like, just own it. And it's like, I fucked up, fine. Well, somebody said something to me recently that really stuck, and it was around, you can have recovery or you can have dignity, but you can't have both. Um, <laughs> yes. it's, it's you, you, you kind of have to swallow your pride a little bit and just yeah. be, okay, you know, I, I, I've screwed up and, and, and do the next right thing. Um, for my, my slip in January, the biggest takeaway I got from that is that you pick... As the the crap from your addiction picks up right where you left off. There's no, um, it's no, it doesn't go back to being great. There's no reset on 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 having fun with it. Um, I guess to one of the biggest mistakes that the the the, the addict will will make when going out there and and using again is that they will use at the same level that they did when they were. <laughs> And that was my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, like, I, I even yeah, I can still take that. That's fine. I, I, I even shared about it, and and I, I've kind of gone. It's like recovery has ruined my using <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because you can't. Really all of a sudden, you have a taste of what life can be without, and all of a sudden, when you go back to it, just realize how shit it was. And yeah, it's, it's it. There's no. Sex for me is there's no going better. Back. It's just, wait um, yeah, sex for me has never been better. Um, it might not be as often, and it certainly doesn't go for as long, but um, it's fantastic. Um, but for, I guess also being in a power exchange dynamic, for me, it's the non-sexual things that I find the most value in. Um, you know, it's those little rituals and those protocols that really enhance that that connection um so for example sir and i have a thing where we actually read the just for today he's not in recovery but we read the just for today 
every morning over our morning coffee and that sets our day and, and we will apply the reading to things that are going on for us, um, elements of our relationship, uh, and we're both getting something from it, uh, which I think is is great. Um, I've often thought that, you know, the program is for everybody, not just for the addict. Um, there's definitely there's lots of lots of tools you can use in and I, I definitely have talked to people who either suffer with mental health and who are not necessarily addicts but just don't have those some of the tools you do get taught either in recovery or doing therapy or um, all sorts of things you can do to help your mental health and, and a lot of it's people also helping with their mental health in that way but it even helps with my social awkwardness like I'm, I'm not I get crowd anxiety if I'm in a room with too many people and I'm picking up on too many energies I go a little bit yeah, yeah um, I'm the same <laughs> believe it or not uh, I am exactly there with you um, crowds if, if it's a group of my own friends and I know them I'm very comfortable if it's a, if there's just one of my friends and it's all of people I don't know I get very awkward very awkward yeah so it's, 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 I, I can, I can relay confidence on this and I'm, I'm now I've kind of done it a couple of times. It's, it's what I portray on here, but it's not necessarily who I am in real life and how I navigate in a social setting. It's a very different, different, different Ralph you will meet there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I hope to be able to do that one day. Absolutely. Well, the, <laughs> Corona. <laughs> allowing. Well, once she fucks off. Um, so you, you you mentioned your blog. What was your blog about before? Now you're kind of thinking about revamping it a little bit to fit in um, your lifestyle. Yes, yeah, so I've done a complete rebrand. I'm, I'm currently in the process of, of, of rejigging the website. Um, previously, it was called Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and it was it was a little bit of a hodgepodge of stuff that it was just things that struck me that made me go, you know, what the fuck. Um, so I wrote on everything from, from coloring to the, there was a documentary called the red pill um, about men's rights activists, just all, all different subjects. But um, I wanted to strip it back and, and, and focus on one particular or, 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 or two, which I guess is the, the parallel journey of somebody who is, I, I guess, I guess my kink journey's kind of restarted yeah. uh, now that I'm in recovery, um, and, and and my actual recovery itself, and actually be able to talk to both of those things, um, and be able to document, I guess, in a in a sense, that journey, and hopefully somebody else can get something from it, but also just start. A, 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 I guess an Australian-based community of sober kinksters, and, and see what comes of it. It's because um, it's, so it's all about networking um, and, and connecting people, places, and things, and, and and just I guess being in recovery as well in the rooms in particular, sex is a bit of a taboo topic. Um, we only have one meeting in Brisbane, which 
specifically, it's it's nicknamed the taboo meeting because we're able to talk about those things that we can't talk about in other meetings. And, and you know, I, I get a little giggle for myself because whenever somebody mentions taboo on an app, it usually means that they're into incest or something. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, sex and relationships are, are one of those topics that are discussed um, in a lot more detail at that particular meeting. But it's not really discussed a lot within the addict community, I guess because sex is so heavily linked yeah. to people's addiction and can actually be an addiction in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people find sex really, really triggering. Um, I, I feel privileged in that that's not the case for me. And so I am able to openly discuss that. I don't have a problem talking about sex. I love talking about sex. Uh, <laughs> Um, people probably wish that I didn't talk about it so much. Um. <laughs> Do you know what? It's, 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 I think it's also about building new path- pathways and connections in your brain about it. It's, it's, it's the, it's just to use a medical term, it's the plastic- plasticity or plasticity of your brain. It's, it's, Neuroplasticity, yeah. <laughs> that is a really hard word to say. Um, <laughs> But it, 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 because in your brain, especially when you have fetish that's connected to drugs, which was my case, I'm glad that's not mm-hmm. the case because it is a fucking pain to split them. It took me almost two years of doing that. Um, and it's, it's, it's those pathways. It's like if you're, let's do some symbolism here. If you're used to walking one path, that's the path you're going to walk. It's just what you do. So that means every time I put lever on, every time I smell rubber, it would, my brain was just go drugs. And that was what it was doing. I, I, I had periods where I did not like going in my kink closet because it just felt like a burden. And it's yeah. a horrible feeling to have when I had fetish before drugs. I'm like you, I had fetish before I engaged with drugs. I engaged with fetish when I was 22. I didn't start doing drugs before maybe I was 24. Um, so I had, I experienced quite a few things if a fetish before I engaged with uh, drug taking. So it was such a pain for me. It's, it was such a grief that I couldn't engage with something I, I loved so much. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that's not your journey and, and you haven't had that experience because it's, it's a pain to split it. But it is possible. It just takes time. Time. Um... Time and patience. Yeah, for me, it's more around the psychology of trauma um, because drugs for me have been the thing that I guess has been masking the trauma side of things. It's it's the trust and and, and that kind of thing, which is the issue for me. Um, I'm... I. I sometimes feel like I'm experiencing the psychosis without the drugs. (laughs) Did you know what? It's it's like with I don't know what your drug of choice was, but I know with meth it can. I'm a cliche. Let's put it that way. Sorry. I hate to be a cliche, but it was definitely meth. Fair enough. Well, I didn't want you. It was up to you how, what you wanted to share there. Uh, but it, it does take. I mean, I, I never met a drug I didn't like. Me neither, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and it, it's it's it's. For it to get out of your system 100%, it's almost a year, year and a half before it's completely mm-hmm. out. Not a lot of people know that. 
And that's where like psychosis is, is a big thing because that can stick around for a long time. I still, even from now, and I'm getting up to three years next, next month, um, I still have, thank you, thank you. Um, I still have some triggers where I do this. It's like if something's behind me or I, I look in a doorway because mine was paranoia. Um, and I, I recognize some of those traits still yeah. sits in me a little bit. Um, not uh, much. Was it, what was the joke that Matthew told last week about, you know, why did tweakers do a doggy's tongue? I was literally sitting at the window I used to look out at. Because I would always be paranoid because it's just... So it's, it's, no, it's an interesting... For, for, me, for me, it was hearing messages in song lyrics. Oh. I used to, li yeah. I used to hear Rihanna music over where there wasn't any, which is a weird <laughs> one. Um, she must have made an impact on me. I don't know. Yeah, uh, see, for me, weirdly, for me, it was Nicki Minaj. And I don't know why, because I can't, I, for the most part, I can't stand her music. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I'm, I'm so excited for you to do this blog. And it's, it's, it's so important because, as you say, it's, it's about, it's not necessarily about m reaching a lot of people. It's just about reaching that one person that needs to hear it. And it's so yeah. important. I've, I've had people talk to me where it's like, Ralph, what you wrote kind of put me on that journey. And, and I needed to go that direction. And it kind of gave me hope. And I was just like, I, I'm not very good with compliments, but it's really lovely to hear it. And it's so important to me to hear someone go, actually, what you did helped me. And that just makes yeah. it worth it. And then I'm just like, I would rather, you know what? Some people are very private, private about their recovery journey, and that's fine. That's that's their journey. It's it's perfectly. Sometimes it's a very private thing. It is a very private thing. It's a very personal. It is a very private and personal thing. Uh, but again, if it comes down to visibility, like I I had never thought that I would go. I could see sober leather people, and your group showed me that, and. We have some phenomenal um, sober title holders um, who are doing great work. Um, well, well, we even even have a Mr. Sober in the States. There is a Mr. Sober yes. title in the States, which is amazing. Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I do know what, there, there is, at one point I've actually considered if there should be a Mr. Real Clear Fetish, but <laughs> might be in the future some way down the line. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'll just sell the point myself because I need another sash. <laughs> Actually, I've seen a couple of messages and you know what? Thank you for some of the lovely comments. Someone mentioned that they really like give, it gives them hope to see some of these interviews. And it, it's, it's nice that people are watching and getting something out of it because that is one of the points. And it's, it's, it, we are actually also coming to the end of our time. Um, the hour goes really quickly. It just, just flies by. Um, so it's 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 so important to have a vocal, a voice, and, and I'm glad you are at least a voice in Brisbane or in Australia for a positive force. Um, and I know I know a couple of sober people um, in in Australia, and, and it is it is underrepresented at least in the public eye a little bit in Australia and like it is a little bit here in Europe as well where you go to America it's a thing 
it's it's, it's a it's, thing. It's yeah, I, I I hear the stories about meetings and IML and stuff like that. I'm like, yes, that's that's yeah, what well, we need. With with Matt last week, he was the co-founder of Lore, which is a Swedish thing, and it's it they organize the twelve step meetings at events at Claw at at IML and and. God, I wish I knew about the 12-step meetings when I was at IML last time. It would have been less messy. Um, less messy? <laughs> but someone said meth, and I followed him. Um, <laughs> that's fine. It, it's, it's what happens. Um, but Quite literally, the Pied Piper. The Pied Piper, yes, yeah. I was definitely the rat sniffing the thing. Yeah, <laughs> something. Um, but it's, it's, I'm so excited to see what you put in your blog and I'm so excited to read it and and when you get to that. Um and yes, so hopefully, hopefully that'll be over the next month. Yes, it'll be like in the next month. So everything's earmarked. I've got I, I've landed the Facebook page and the Instagram account. So you know everything's kind of set to go. I'm just working on content. Fantastic. That is amazing. And I'm I'm so uh, happy you're on this journey. And I'm so happy for having you on. Hopefully it hasn't been too traumatic. No, it has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I feel really humbled to be able to have the chance well, to be involved. Quite to have Thank you. And it's, it's, it's nice to have someone who's recently in early recovery, but also I just get such attention doing well and you have healthy boundaries and you have a loving partner who is understanding of you and where you're at and that's so important to have someone who also gets you the enemy of the addict is isolation and connection is the key Absolutely. and and the, the the stronger the connections you can build the, the more chance you have to to stay the path so yeah i'm really Absolutely. privileged in that regard and I'm 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 happy to be a little part of your path, and and I'm so happy for you. I'm, I just love you, smile. That that is the most important thing. So thank you for coming on, and I'll thank you. Okay, take care. Talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye. It was an absolute joy to have be on, and it was a very interesting conversation. It was somewhat dark at some parts. Um, I was very happy he was brave enough to share some of that. Um, I, I really hope everyone got something out of this. I think this episode was kind of dove into some of like PTSD and, and, and post-traumatic traumatic stress disorder, which is very prevalent in drug users. Um, so that's really important. We're coming down to the last 10 seconds. So thank you for watching. Thank you for commenting some of the lovely comments. And I'll see you next week for our seventh episode. We are going to Canada next week. So that should be exciting. So thank you. Bye. Be safe. Bye.